This podcast is part of a special midweek Lenten series calling us to abide in Jesus. These midweek broadcasts will happen beginning Ash Wednesday until Maundy Thursday. You're listening to Cedar Hills Community Church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Thanks for joining us for our Lenten service. If you don't know me yet, I'm Steve Poole. I'm the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministries here at Cedar Hills. Um, I'll be sharing the word tonight. We're going to start with reading our scripture passage. It's John 15, 18 through 16, 4. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. Open up to John 15, starting in verse 18. Otherwise, we're going to have it on the screens. You can follow along there or with your phones, your electronic devices, if you've got your, your, phone, your Bible apps there as well. Um, so we'll start at John 15, 18. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it, but you, no long, you are no longer a part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me. For they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, and yet they still hate me and my father. This fulfills what was written in the scriptures. They hated me without cause. But I will send you an advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify about me. And you also will testify about me, because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. This is chapter 16. I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. For you will be expelled from the synagogues. And the time is coming when those who kill you will think that they are doing it as a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I am telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you a while longer. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Today's passage, I think, is a difficult one for us to hear. I'm guessing nobody woke up this morning thinking, I really want to be hated today. I know I didn't. You probably didn't come here planning to be confronted with the fact that the Bible says that we will be persecuted because of the new identity we have as belonging to God. Tonight we're going to discuss this difficult truth. The truth that some people will hate us because we choose to abide in Christ. If I had a key passage for tonight... It would be verses 18 and 19. I'll read them again for you. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you you belonged to it, but you are no longer a part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. I would say there's 
even though that, that's a hard truth, I think there's some hope that we can find in it. There's, there's three main ways I think we can find hope in today's passage. And here's the first one. I think persecution is one way that God is pruning us to bear much fruit. Remember the context of this is the rest of John 15. It says, He cuts off every branch of the vine that doesn't bear fruit, and he prunes that branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. Alan spoke to this a little bit last week. He had the experience of going to Napa Valley and being a pruner, and he pruned grapevines. And he said that a farmer would mercilessly prune 80 to 90% of the branches on a vine. So it almost looked like it would die. Why did they do that? Because the pruned vine was healthier. The pruned vine would bear more fruit. So that's the context of this passage about persecution. I believe that God is saying that we, his chosen people, will suffer persecution, but that it will make us stronger. That in persecution, we're abiding with Christ just as he was persecuted. We're united once again to the vine. Wow. It's a difficult truth to hear. It's so countercultural, right? Sometimes I feel like I want to pray to God, make my life easier. Sometimes I find my prayers are a little bit about can God make my life more comfortable? Do you ever find yourself praying to God that He'll make your life more comfortable? I know I do. But maybe God, and tonight, in abiding is calling us beyond that. He's calling us to set aside this American dream plan that we have for our own lives and get connected to the plan of the vine. Brothers and sisters, I think God is saying that he has a better plan for our lives. It might not be an easy plan. It might involve some pruning. It might hurt a little bit. But God's ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. What would God do in our lives if we invited him to prune us this week, instead of ask him to make our life more comfortable? Persecution, it seems like in the American church we don't feel it nearly as much as in the church global. Here's some statistics I read this week in preparation. One report said 11 Christians are killed every day for the decision to follow Jesus. A BBC report claimed that one in three people suffer religious persecution. That's not just Christians, but one in three people. And they also said that Christian persecution in parts of the world are near genocide levels. North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia are just a few of the countries that are at the top of the list where Christianity is illegal and believers face imprisonment and, and death upon discovery. There's persecution in China, but God's pruning his Chinese church, and it's growing. And the faithful are bearing much fruit. Second way I think we can find hope is that our belonging is to God. I think in, I'm just looking at the number, in in verse 19, the world would love you if you were its own, if you belonged to it, but you no longer belong to the world. This is an amazing truth. Our identity, as those who abide in Christ, is that we are Jesus' beloved. 
We are sons and daughter of the kings and of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. No matter what trouble we face today, physical trials, emotional persecution, nothing can change the fact that our new identity as abiding in Christ means that we belong to the family of God. The word belonging here is idios in Greek, and it has to do with what pertains to one's property, family, dwelling, or country. So think about it this way. Our number one family allegiance is to the family of God. Our number one national allegiance is to the kingdom of God. That is who we are. That is our new identity as ones who abide in Christ. And when life gets tough... When I listen to the news, when I hear stories of teenagers who are struggling with depression and anxiety and, and have had, uh, had, had things happen in their life that cause them to question if God is good, I know that our identity ultimately is that we don't belong to this world anymore, this broken, tragic world. But we have hope of a King of Kings and a Lord of Lords who will one day come and restore it to the perfection that he's me- always meant it to be. The third way I think we find hope is that God's Spirit lives in us, or God's Spirit is with us. But I will send to you an advocate, a comforter, the Spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and testify about me. And you will also testify about me, because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. In the midst of this suffering, in the midst of persecution, we know that When we are connected to the vine, just like a branch receives life-giving sap from the vine, we receive life-giving spirit from the Father. And that's part of abiding. And so when we feel like we have no strength to go on, we have no hope, we've given all the love we, we can, there's more because it's not our love we give, it's not our hope It's not our strength. It's the strength of of the Father living through the Spirit and indwelling in us. So these are the three hopes I hope you can take away tonight. Persecution is the way that God's pruning us. Our new belonging is to God and the Spirit goes with us. As I was preparing, Pastor Kent uh, mentioned this might be a really good opportunity, a connection to the Heidelberg Catechism. So this is the first question and answer from the Heidelberg Catechism. I'm going to ask the question, if you'd help me read the answer out loud together as a response, giving glory to God. So I'm going to read the question, and you help me read that, that answer. It's going to continue. This isn't the whole answer. So, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I may not my own? But belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Once you stand, I'm going to give you a blessing as we, as we finish up.
Let's go and be the people of God, abiding in Christ, knowing that our identity is as part of his family and his body, even when difficulty comes. I know that the Father is good in all things. Amen. We pray you are blessed by today's message from Cedar Hills Community Church. For more information about our church or how to support our ministry, visit www.cedarhillscr.org.